Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Ready to get started tonight? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Have you ever heard of a casserole? Okay. You know what a casserole is. It's, it's, it's a lot of things put together in one pot. Now, you take them all out individually, and they're all good on their own, but you put them all together in one pot. You know, you just kind of have, have a casserole. So I'm, a, I'm thinking that's what tonight is. This is a casserole. <laughs> I, I told Pastor, I went, ran home about 5 o'clock, and uh, I, said, uh, I said, I've been through about four things this afternoon, and I haven't settled any one of them. And so he said, well, just, just get, get what you got. And I'm going, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a casserole is what that is. So we're going we're gonna to see where this takes us tonight. Hallelujah. Um, I want you to turn with me to Mark 16. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 16, verse 20. And really this is going to be kind of a composite of, of several different things. So I'm going to spread some papers out here, you know, and just see. But, verse 20, are you there yet? Amen. It says, and they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Now, the, the part I want you to see in this verse is the phrase, the Lord working with them. You see, in our lives down here on earth, God can't do everything by himself. He depends on us to get some things done. Now, there's a couple of different avenues here. We, we can talk about it from a ministry avenue. We can also talk about it from a, just our personal, you know, things that we, that we uh, believe God for on our personal level. But, you know, first and foremost, you know, anytime you're going to minister to anybody, you know, he, he, needs, he needs your hands. He needs your feet. He needs your voice. He needs your faith. It says the Lord working with them. See, he can't just come down here and magically appear He's not Aladdin in a genie bottle. He can't come down here and just appear to get people born again. He is dependent on you and me to get the job done that's going to get done in this earth before he comes back. You know, and I so appreciate, you know, what Pastor Greg ministered uh, a week ago on Sunday night about the Lord's coming back. He's coming again. He is coming. You know, I've heard that all my life. I was raised in church. The very first place I ever went after I was born was to church. You know, and when I was growing up, we had church four times a week. Um, you know, and so I, I've known church all my life. And, and since I can remember, I mean, a little thing, I've heard about the Lord's return. You know, and he is coming again. There's no doubt about it. Every generation has looked forward to that. Every generation has anticipated that. Every generation has longed for that. Hallelujah. And he's coming. We're another day closer to it right now. And so, before he comes back, we have jobs to do. We have assignments to fulfill. We have avenues that only you can fulfill. There are places only you can go. 
There are people only you can talk to. There are things only you can say. And the Lord will help you. It says he worked with them. You know, in a ministry-type setting, whether it's just sharing the gospel, sharing your testimony, do you know one of the most powerful things you can do within, for anybody is to share your testimony? You can tell them Bible verses all day long, but when they hear how it's worked in your life, it will make an impact on them. Don't ever think, I don't have a story. Yes, you do. You have a story. What is that old hymn? This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Hallelujah. We all have a story to tell. Well, I didn't come out of, out of drugs and all this kind of stuff. I, I don't have this wonderful testimony. Listen, if you have a testimony that you've served God every day of your life since you were born, that's a story. That God has kept you and preserved your life and kept you from the destruction that other people have had in their lives. That's a story. But you have things. If you are in this church and you've been here very long at all, you have a story to tell. Not just of how you got born again. Not just of how you came to know the Lord. Not just in your walk with Him. But what God is doing in your life right now. How many of you have had prayers answered in the last week? How many of you have seen God's faithfulness in the last week? I mean, that's a story to tell, but you have to tell it. God's not sitting up there with some kind of a sound machine or some kind of audiovisual stuff and just want to hit the play button. No, you are his play button. You are. And there, there's nothing, the full gospel businessmen's association proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that when people hear testimonies, that it gets to them that it really strikes a chord with them, that it gets their attention. Listen, people need to know, this is what God has done for me, and I serve the kind of God who will do the same thing for you. Let God work with you, confirming his word. When you go to a place and, and God says, you know, offer to pray for him. Listen, it's not your power that gets him healed. But it's your hands that has to be laid on them. It's your voice that has to pray. Let God work with you. He will confirm his word. He will take care. He'll do, you do your part, he'll do his part. And so, you know, when, if they did that for the disciples, he'll certainly do it for you. You've got so much to go on. I mean, the disciples had been with Jesus for three and a half years. They had heard every sermon. They had been there, seen every miracle, and yet there were times, you know, when he had to look at them and go, what's the matter with you guys? What is your problem? So, you know, and, and today, you know, we find ourselves in places where we do the same thing. You know, we, we lose sight of the power of God. We lose sight that it's him, not us. We lose sight of the fact that he needs us to reach that person. He needs us to walk up to him and say, can I do something for you? You, don't, you, don't, you look like you're having a problem. Is there, is there something you need? Are you having a bad day? You ever been in a store where somebody at the register, you know, is just, I mean, you can tell they are totally out of sorts. I mean, they're just not having a good day. You know, it's a good opportunity to let them know you serve a good God. When you say, oh, well, I'm so blessed. You know, do something to start a conversation. Just do something and just see where it leads you. And let God take care of it. 
You, you know, you might not get to pray with somebody or lay hands on them, but you plant seeds. You know, there are people who are born again today because a lot of people came along their paths and planted some little seeds that didn't seem like much in and of itself. But when it's taken as a whole and the Holy Spirit began to, to talk to them, you know, in quiet times or times when, when suddenly they were like, I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to turn. I, I have, I'm not a clue. I, I don't know how this is going to work. Those things come back. And God's able to bring those things back to him because somebody did something. He's able to go back and confirm the word you put in them, tiny as it might be. This is the Bible talk about faith as the grain of a mustard seed. You don't know what some little something you do or some little something you, you say but at the leading of the Holy Spirit, what it will do in the life of that person. You know, and he will, he will work with us confirming his word. Work with us. Hallelujah. Now, go over with me to John 14, 16. I know you know all this. And if you don't, well, you will after tonight. When Jesus left, he said, I'm, not, I'm going away. Now, the disciples were heartbroken. He was going away. They'd walked with this man for, for these three and a half years. They had learned so much. They, they, they loved him dearly. And he says, I'm going away. But don't worry. I'm going to leave somebody with you. I'm sending somebody else here to be with you in my place. And the wonderful thing about it is that Jesus was just one person. Physically, he could only be in one place. Ah, but the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. The Holy Spirit poured out on this world. The Holy Spirit living and abiding and dwelling on the inside of us can be with everyone, everywhere, all the time, without a shadow of a doubt. Always present, always ready, always available. In John, hallelujah, 14, 26, it says, but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. You know, look, just looking at that just now, he will teach you all things. You might say, well, I really don't know how to witness to somebody. I really don't know how to minister to somebody. The Holy Spirit will teach you. If you're open, he will teach you. He will lead you in such a way that's, that's comfortable to you. And sometimes, even though we're out of our comfort zone, he will teach us, you just, you just do what you're supposed to do and let me do what I'm supposed to do. And the more we yield to that, the more comfortable we could become in those kind of situations and those kind of in, uh, environments you know, where you just uh, ordinarily might not think, ah, you know, I couldn't say anything to that person. I, I know, you know. I mean, I, I'm... How many of you get on the elevator and you say not a word to somebody else, a stranger that's on the elevator? You know, we all ride in silence up the elevator. Yeah. Well, you know, there are be times when the Lord says to you, talk to that person. Just strike up a conversation. Well, that's not me. Well, but it's me. He's going to say, yeah, but that's me. Let him work through you. He will teach you. And the more he teaches you, the more you know, the more experience you have with it, the more comfortable you actually become with it. It's easier. It gets easier and easier. I mean, after all, let's face it. You know, these people are strangers probably. You're never going to see them again. So, you know, what's the difference? What have you got to lose? 
Not much. But what have they got to gain? Oh, oh, oh. It, it could be massive. It could be, the, it could be the difference in life and death. I mean, you could change their destiny with just one ride up the elevator. You don't know. So at any place, at any time, you just be open to, to being led by the Spirit and doing what He instructs you, just prompts you to do that. Just those quick little just promptings. Move on it. Yield to it. Go with it. And let Him work with you confirming the Word. You know, that, that uh, word comforter there is a, a Greek word, and it really is translated as one called alongside to help. You have a helper on the inside of you. He's never off. He's never having a bad day. He's never having a, well, I really don't want to today. I mean, we can have those kind of days. I just don't want to. You ever had a don't want to day? Yeah, I've had a few of those. I don't need any amens from the front row over here. But uh, <laughs> he, he could do some loud amens on that one. <laughs> but, but, you know, he's, he's always there. He's always ready. He's called alongside to help. What kind of help do you need? Whatever kind of help it is you need, he's there to give you that help. Whatever help it is. You know, you, you, from day to day, you could find yourself in a, in a place where, you know, I, today I need, I need help figuring a problem out. Today I need help just getting to work. Today I need help fixing a flat tire. Today I need help, you know, figuring out the bank book. You know, this, there's any number of ways you need help. But he's always there to never, never underestimate his desire or his ability to help you. Big, small, or in between, he is right there to help you. You know, if you go back to, to this verse over in Mark where it says that they went forth, the Lord working with him and confirming the word with signs following. Listen, there are times when the, when the Lord's just going to work with you, confirming the word in you. Amen. There are times you're just, you're by yourself. You know, when something comes up, some, maybe, you know, something just suddenly goes very wrong. You know, he's there to help you. He is going to work alongside you to help you. And he will confirm the word in your life for your situation. See, there's a lot of ways you can look at that. And, you know, the thing about it is the word is just like diamonds. Now, I love diamonds, as you can tell. And uh, the thing I like about it so much, I find myself every once in a while, especially on an airplane, it seems, just looking down, and there are all these little sparkly things are on the wall, you know, of the airplane. And then I'm going, what is that? And I went, oh, it's my, it's, my, it's my ring sparkling. Well, the word is like that. It sparkles all over. The facets of the word of God are so varied and so wonderful and so gorgeous and it's just so awesome that if you just, you just, Sometimes you forget how good the word is. You know, but it's there and it's multifaceted and it will produce so many things in so many different ways. And, and you, just, you just sit back and just look sometime and just, you know, the things that God has done for you, the things that God's done in your lives, and you go, Lord, you know, I'm guilty of taking it for granted sometimes. I'm, I'm guilty of just not recognizing you when you're there helping me. 
when you're there alongside me, when the Holy Spirit is directing me. Sometimes we, we get so caught up in things that we don't realize that we're being directed in a certain way by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we are aware of it. And um, it's just an awesome thing to behold. It really is. You know, the old song about count your blessings, name them one by one. Sometimes we need to sit down at the end of the day and just take stock of how our day has gone and just see where God has just been involved in, in our day from the time we woke up until the time we go to bed. He's just been working. He's just been moving. He's just been directing. He's just been answering. He's just been, he's just been doing all kinds of stuff. And it, and it would it would help us a lot of times, you know, on days when it didn't seem like this was a very good day, to stop and go, hmm, he was there all along. And he would have been there in a greater measure had I allowed him to. It didn't have to be a bad day. I wasn't looking to him to confirm the word. I was looking at what I could do to take care of a situation. Let him help. That's what he's there for. You know, it's, it's a waste to let the Holy Spirit just sit around and do nothing. It's a waste to have angels at your disposal if you don't put them to work. It's a waste to not use the word every opportunity you get. If you'll do it, he will confirm it. He will work with you and confirm whatever it is. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, it just it, it amazes me sometimes, you know, that people um, kind of have this, I don't really want to say uh, ostrich with their head in the sand kind of a mentality, but yet that's kind of what it is sometimes. That, that old phrase that I really have come to really not like, what will be will be. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. For all of us oldies, you know, we know Doris Day, you know, the old movies, you know, okay, Sarah, Sarah. Yeah, I'm not going to sing that. Uh, no, what will be, will be because that's the way God intended it to be. Not because I gave up doing something I needed to do and I'm at the mercy of the situation now. See, that's what most people do. Well, you know, you just kind of, you know, whatever's going to be, it was, you know, it's going to be. Oh, it was meant to be. Oh, that's another one that's kind of, kind of like the chalk on the blackboard to me. Listen, what God means for it to be is always for you to be an overcoming person, an overcoming believer. He means for you to walk in victory. That's what it's meant to be. But just because that's what it's meant to be does not mean it's going to be that way without you doing your part. He will do his when you do yours. You know, people say, well, you know, well, you know, God won't give me more than I can handle, so, you know, I, I don't know. Listen, God's given you every resource you need to handle anything. He's already done it, but you have to walk it out. You have to walk it out. Um, we, we, I remember a, a man who came, oh, here's the, oh, and let me, before I get to that story, here's the other one that just grinds on me, open doors and closed doors. Mm. If you're going to be led by open doors and closed doors, you are at the mercy of the enemy. You're at the mercy of that. Listen, God's opened many a door for us over the years, and there's been many a door that had to be kicked down. Mm-hmm. 
Listen, if the door is open, you better make sure you're supposed to go through it. If the door gets closed, you need to find out, do I need to kick it in or not? You need to find out. You can't just assume that just because that door doesn't seem to be open, that that means God doesn't want me to go in that door. And you can't assume that just because that door seems like it's closed, that you don't need to do something about taking a hatchet, you know, or whatever, and get the thing open. You know, it's just like Julie, you know, talking about getting, getting them all their refunds back. Listen, open doors, closed doors. If she'd settled for the first person, she wouldn't have got her money back. She'd settled for the second person, she wouldn't have got her money back. She'd settled for the third person, she wouldn't have got her money back. You keep going until you get the right answer, you know. That's just, just what there is to it. But I remember some uh, man came into our office. You know, you used, I don't know why we don't have as much of it now as we did when we were in the old church. But we were constantly having people coming by, st- stopping and wanting some kind of aid or assistance of some kind. And, of course, they always just wanted you to give them, hand them money. They didn't want to do anything because, I mean, there was always something could have done out there in the yard. You know, we could have used some help with those kind of things. Anyway, this man came in and, and he sat down in the pastor's office and he had this little boy who was probably, what, about three or four years old? You know, somewhere along in there. And he was a terror, a terror. And the man just looked at him and he, he obviously knew this child was misbehaving in, in somebody else's, you know, domain. And, and he said, well, I just can't do a thing with him. So I just, I just said, God, he's yours. And I thought to myself, Oh, no, 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 no. God don't want him in that condition either. No, 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 no. You give him to me for a few minutes, God and I will work it out. I know what God would want to do to this one. You know, but you have to take responsibility for certain things. You can't just say, well, that's just the way it is. No, it's not. If it doesn't line up with the word, if it's not lining up with what you are believing God for, you do not, you better not just sit back and say, well, that's just the way it's going to be, you know? Well, that's just it. That's just it. No. If God tells you to leave it alone, fine. But if he doesn't, there's something you can do. Some people would rather sit on their backsides than get up and do anything about it. Well, I got a real big lot of amen on that. Listen, there's a lot of things in this life that require us to get up and do something. And then God will back us up. Somebody's looking for a new job. Don't sit on your fanny at home waiting for somebody to call you. Get up. Go online. Go visit, you know, an office of some kind. See whatever you can do to put an application in. You know, whatever it is. I know when we were at Rama, we had moved there, you know, to go to Rama, and, and the whole deal was he had left a very good-paying job. I was an x-ray tech, but hadn't worked since I was in x-ray school because I was pregnant with Pastor Greg, and then I didn't really need to work. So I stayed home. So for five years, I had not been in the workforce. Well, you know, the whole the plan was, and we knew this was a plan that, that God had given us, was for him to be able to go to school and spend the rest of the day. You know, at home, he's going to be Mr. Mom, which was real fun. And, uh, and I was going to go to work. I was going to go back to, to do an x-ray. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking all over it. And you, when, you've, when you go out there with X amount of dollars, you've got your first month's rent paid. And um, you've got some money for groceries. And the clock is ticking, and the days are going by. You know, you begin to get a little anxious. 
you know, about what am I going to do. So, I mean, I began applying for anything and everything I could find. It wasn't just x-ray. And so at this point, it's just like, just find a job. You know, that's all you got to do. Just find a job. But nothing seemed to be working out. And, um, you know, this, that's back in the days when he would say to me, isn't this fun? And I'd say, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I remember sitting, we had a, a two-story apartment and I remember sitting on the stairs just boo-hooing, Lord, what are we going to do? This is, I mean, I'm supposed to be getting a job, and I can't find a job. You know, but God was just so gracious. You know, it's, he, you know he'd just minister to you and just say, it's okay. Just, it's okay. Just calm down. Get yourself together. It's all right. And so one day I happened to be out with a friend who was, who'd, her and her husband had gone out there to Raymond at the same time. And so she needed to stop in to get some supplies for her contacts in this little drugstore. Well, this drugstore happened to be attached to a doctor's office, a practice of five doctors. And uh, so I was in there in the little drugstore with her, and I said, you know, you don't even know. It's the Holy Ghost talking through you sometimes. But I just said, does, does that office next door, does that, do they have x-ray equipment? And, he, and the guy behind the counter said, you know, I think they do. I said, Betty, I'll be right back. So I went next door. There was a little hallway that connected them. Went next door, went up to the front desk, and I said, ma'am, do you have x-ray equipment? The reception was there. I said, ma'am, do you have x-ray equipment here? She said, "Uh uh-huh, we sure do. I said, would you by any chance be needing anybody to run that? And she said, it might be. Let me, just just a minute, let me go find out. So uh, she she came back in a few minutes. Well, before I left that office that day, I had an interview set up for the next day. That was a Thursday. I, I, I went over there and asked on a Wednesday. Had the interview set up on the, for Thursday. I, I, yeah, for Thursday. And I started on Monday morning. <laughs> you know, God is just good. But, you know, you can't just sit around. You need something in your life. What can you do? What can you do? What can you do to put feet to that, to that plan? You can't find what, where God's leading you if you won't move. If you won't get up and take a step, then God can't lead you. He can't lead somebody who just refuses to get off their, their fanny. You just can't. And too many believers want to sit back and just say, well, you know, I'm just waiting for God to, to tell me. Get up and do something. You know, I, I, I see where, where people have got, you know, Well, yeah, okay. I can't do anything about my kids. Yes, you can. You can start being a parent. What are parents? Well, you know, if I heard somebody say one time, if, if your kid grows up never having said, I can't stand you or I hate you, then you haven't done your job. You're not supposed to be their buddy. You're not supposed to be their friend. You're not supposed to be their enabler. That's a big one. I, I was reading something recently about somebody who's, whose child, you know, is grown, is grown, not very old. You know, of course, you know, if they say 18, they call you an adult. But, you know, there's no way an 18-year-old is an adult. I'm sorry. My oldest grandchild just turned 18 a few weeks ago. And, uh, and so I just was thinking... Pastor and I were talking about the fact it's a mistake to keep filling his head with nonsense about now that you're an adult. No, you're not an adult. You're 18. By law, they say you're an adult, but you're not an adult. I'm sorry. 
Your brain doesn't think like an adult yet. And it won't for another couple of years. You know, but where was I going anyway with that? <laughs> Enabling. Enabling. That's right. Anyway, so this, I, I happen to read this thing. This, this, this young man is probably, I think, maybe 19. And he's, he's in some, some really serious trouble with the law. And, um, and uh, this lady was, you know, I, mean, I appreciate the fact that she was testifying about the fact that he's had another, had another recent tattoo. And it's, a, and it's a scripture that she's put on it. He's put on But I thought, he wouldn't be in the situation he's in today. Because I know, I know slightly these people enough to know that if you hadn't enabled him, he would not be where he's at today. You know, it's bad news for somebody to come along and have a child, you know, who gets in desperate trouble legal trouble or, or any other kind of thing and go, oh, oh, I don't know what's, I don't know what's happening. Did you do your job? Did you enable them along the way and make excuses for them along the way instead of making them take responsibility for their lives and for what they were doing? You know, there is no reason why you can't make them take responsibility at three. I used to get my kids up. You know, I taught them when they were young. They were walking. Whose toys are those? Those are my toys. And who's supposed to put them up? I am. I didn't pick them up for them. I have drugged my, my teenage son out of bed before and said, uh, I thought I told you to get the garbage can in before you went to bed. Oh, okay. And I said, well, go do it. Well, it's 10 o'clock now. Well, I don't care. Get them up in the mornings. You know, I got you up in plenty of time. Your bed's not made up, and you don't walk out of the house without the bed made up. But I'm late for school. Not my problem. Not my problem. I got you up in plenty of time. So if you're late, it's your problem. You have, to go get an ex- you have to go get an excuse at the front office. Not my problem. Stop enabling your children so that when they're grown, you don't have to look back and say, I should have done differently. See, God, will, when it says train up a child in the way that he should go when they're old, they'll not depart it, depends on you. It says you train them up. You train them. You do your part I'll do my part. Instead, I see so many parents today who enable their children as they're growing up, and when they get to be adults, they're not productive members of society. I told my boys years ago, I don't know why I got on the phone this, I'm sorry. Um, Maybe I'm not. But I told my boys years ago, I said, I know I've been, we're hard on you. I know that. And I know you don't appreciate it right now, but I'm here to tell you that there will never come a day when there's some young woman with a child in her in tow standing at my door saying, your son is responsible for this and won't take responsibility. And that will never happen. And yet we have a society of irresponsible people that are called adults. But the reason, if you backtrack it, goes back to parenting. God cannot honor his word in that situation if you don't do your part as a parent. He cannot, and he will not. Can that change? Obviously, yes, it can change. You know, but at that point, it's up to them. It's not up to mama and daddy. I mean, mama and daddy pray, but it's up to them to make the decisions now that have to be made. But why put your child in that kind of a position? I know parenting is not easy. I know that it's hard to just maintain consistency for, with those kids day after day after day. How many of you have I heard over the years come and just say, I feel like all I do is just beat my child all day long. 
I said, every time I turn around, I'm having to spank them. Every time I turn around, I'm having to spank them. Just, that's all I've done all day. I just get on the way. I said, it's pay off rich dividends. It really will. What you're having to put in it today will pay rich dividends. If you will, if you will do what you're supposed to do when they're five, six, seven years old, three, well, no, a lot younger than that, two, three, four, five, six, you won't have to reap the whirlwind when they're 16, 17, and 18. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't mean that turned into a parenting course, but that's okay. Hallelujah. People want God to get involved in their finances, but they won't do their part. I, I, I've seen people come up in prayer lines before and want, want pastor to pray for them about a financial issue. And, and I go, they're not, I'm thinking to myself, they're not tithers. How can God get involved in that when they're not doing their part? God can't confirm the word in your life if you're not doing your part. Well, I've got this horrible marriage. Well, what are you putting into it? Well, he does this and she does that. And da, 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 da. Listen, no, whoever said marriage is 50-50 was wrong. Marriage is 100 and 100. One person puts that one first and this one puts that one first. That's how that works. And if you're not willing to do it, then you will, you will settle for much less than what God intends for you to have. I, I, you know, I, I've, seen, I've seen Christians, you know, who are, who are in a bad marriage. Maybe the, the husband's not born again. Maybe they, you know, maybe they, they came, you know, got back in fellowship with the Lord and got born again after they were married or, or whatever, you know. But maybe this guy's, he, maybe, maybe he is a real jerk. I don't know. I don't go home with them. But I've seen them try their best to get God to let them out of it instead of having to do something hard like work at it. Mm-hmm. I'd just rather get out of it. You know, listen, I think that the word only says if the unbelieving depart, then let them depart. Other than that, it's up to you to do what your part to make it work. And there is a way to make it work. Listen, if Smith Wigglesworth, you know, he was a real character. I don't know if you've read much about him, but he was a real character. And his wife was a born-again lady, loved the Lord. And, and he told her when she was going to some gospel meetings, and he told her she better not go because if she did, he would lock her out. And he did. She went. She did. He did. She went to this meeting. She came home. The door was locked. She sat on the back stoop. She stayed there all night. The next morning, he got up to come out and get his newspaper. He opened the door. There she sat. Instead of, instead of tearing into him, and I'm not sure I could have done this. <laughs> I, I'm, really, I'm really not so sure I'm that spiritual. You know, it must have been a good service that night before at church. I'm telling you. She got up and, and gave me a little peck on the cheek and went in and fixed his breakfast. I would have gone in and gotten the frying pan and thrown it at him. <laughs> Just because it's hard doesn't mean you get a pass on doing it. Just because it doesn't seem fair doesn't mean you get a pass at doing it. God will confirm his word, but you got to work the word. you got to work it. you got to do your part in getting the job done. Hallelujah. But, you know, th there's, there's that expectation and everything. When it comes to your health, 
Oh, my heavens, you know, we, we, the pastor and I are both great, such great testimonies of, of doing, just following the word. Sometimes it's just no more than just following an inward witness to go to, go to the doctor for something. I, I know there was somebody who used to come to church here who, who had a, a leading, just, just a witness on the inside. It was not anything huge uh, to, to go get a checkup. And they thought, well, you know, I, I, she, she said, I, I, I haven't, had, haven't been to the doctor in several years. I really need to get a checkup, you know. And so as she's, she makes an appointment, she goes in. She's, she's getting a, just a plain old ordinary, just physical, you know. She's got nothing really wrong with her, she didn't think. And so she's there at the doctor's office, and suddenly the doctor is going, huh, what's, what's, what's this lump in your throat right here? And she's going, I don't know, I hadn't even noticed it. So as the story goes on, they found out that it's thyroid cancer. Just an inward witness to go to the doctor to get a checkup. There are lives that have been saved because they followed the inward witness. There are people who are in heaven today who did not fulfill their assignment on this earth because they didn't listen to right here on the inside. You know, it, it just makes sense for you to just figure out ahead of time that that inward witness on the inside is smarter than your head. There's more going on than what you might know. Today, that lady is just cancer-free, you know, and, and, you know, I've been told the same thing, you know, I just, it was just one little symptom that sent me to a doctor, you know, and then find out, you know, that I've got cancer, and to this day, when I go back and see that same doctor, she'll look at it through the chart, and she'll go, you're one lucky lady, I'm going, no, I'm not, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, you know, so there's others of you who can say the same thing, just a little old inward witness, just, just listening to this, this, this on the inside, and you just following it. See, that's your part. Follow it and let God work with you. There's, he wants you to stay here your, your whole time. Don't, don't get to a place where you go, well, I don't need to go to a doctor. Well, what is, what's, what's it saying right here? What's it saying right here? What's this? He knows more than you know. There, is, there are things that you find out that... that you would never have known otherwise. Maybe you, should, you, you might have eventually have, have discovered it, but here it is, well able to get it taken care of, get it over, get it done with, let's move on with life. And stay here and fulfill what God has called you to here to do. So many ministers of the, in the old um, days, uh, you know, in the early days of, of the 20th century, worked themselves so hard and went and did so much, were constantly never resting their bodies, that they wore themselves out. That's not of God. This is not God. And so today we need to, just where our health is concerned, listen. Just listen. Years ago, I think I've told you this story before. Years ago, I mean, I loved my Diet Cokes. I loved my Diet Cokes. I did. And I had been diagnosed with osteopenia, which is a precursor. You know, you're, you're heading down the, the road of osteoporosis. And one day, the Lord started dealing with me about giving up those Diet Cokes. Now, by this time, I had switched to Diet Right because, you know, just low sugar and no caffeine, that kind of stuff. But uh, I said, really? I mean, I loved, my, I loved my diet drinks. I did. And so, uh, for me, it was like cold turkey. You just stop. 
you, you, you can't just wean yourself off of it. I just had to stop. Maybe you can wean yourself. I can't. I can't. Some of you coffee drinkers need to take a couple of days and see how you can do without that caffeine. Mm. Anyway, uh, move on. <laughs> but anyway, I did. I, I, got, I got rid of the drinks. So today I'm a water drinker, 10 years a water drinker, hallelujah, just about exclusively a water drinker. And about three years after, into that, I went back and had another bone density stuff, and it was com- done, and it was completely normal. And the Holy Ghost said to me, that's what you get for listening to me. Listen, there are times when God is going to try to save you from something down the road if you will listen now. If he starts dealing with you about something, it's for a reason. And if he's dealing with you, just do it. Just do it. Don't wait. You know, you, if you could pull back the curtain, you know, on, on the videotape of your life when you get to heaven, you would see the times where you, were, you avoided things because you listened soon enough. And God wants to do that for you. You know, the enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy, and nobody's immune from that. Nobody's exempt from that. He is working his best, and sometimes he will sneak up on you. Well, the Holy Ghost doesn't want you to let him sneak up on you. He will help you. He will warn you. He will lead you. He will guide you to avoid those kind of things. But do your part. He will confirm his word, working with you. Boy, my smorgasbord is getting, or my casserole is getting done here, isn't it? Hallelujah. You know, you, you really can't, I can't get down the road in life and be mad at God because things didn't turn out the way you thought they should. Because I can tell you this, if you get down the road and you find out that they didn't turn out like they should have, there's, there's something on your part that didn't get done. There's, there's some detours that you took somewhere along the way. But I tell you, you know, God's the God who can always take whatever we mess up and still turn it into something good and make it just that, a detour only, and still wind up getting us to the same place that we needed to go all along. It just took us a little different route, took us a little different longer, a little more time, but, but we get there. You know, it says over in Matthew... 1234, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Sometimes what you have to do is speak the word. You know, we, don't, we find ourselves at times when we're not as good about speaking the word as we ought to. You have to speak certain things into existence. Speaking is a huge, huge part of fulfilling the plan of God in our lives. You have to speak the word out. You, you have to decide up front what it is you want, what God has placed on your heart, what it is you want, and what it is you will have. You know, faith says, I've got this. I've got it. I've got it. And let God back you up. You have to put a demand on things. You have to lay hold on some things. You have to stand in the strength of some things. You have to speak some things. But here the key is you have to put action in here. You, know, you have to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. We can hear all kinds of things. I mean, you can read. There are people who can, who can quote you entire passages of the word but have never put it into practice in their lives. That should not be us. We need to be doers 
as well as hearers. And when we become doers, God will back us up and confirm his word, and he will work with us. Listen, Daniel, didn't that king tell him, you know, don't pray anymore? He, he continued to do what God told him to do. Threw him into the lion's den. Wasn't bothered at all. He knew he was following God. And so he was protected. Noah took ridicule day after day after day after day. A hundred years of working on that boat. He took ridicule for people who just mocked him. What are you doing? Listen, this world is in a place right now where you may be mocked for what you believe. You just keep doing what you know to do. You just keep following God. Let him do the work of confirming the word. Moses. I mean, you go back through the litany of all the people throughout the Old and the New Testament. They didn't just sit around and just do nothing. They actually got up and did something. You know, I look at Elijah, you know, and, and it, it's amusing to me, but, it, but it's, it's encouraging as well to know that, man, that Elijah was a man just like you and me. He had the same failures, had the same temptations to quit, had the same temptations to go, oh, woe is me, have a pity party. You know, he just got through calling fire down from heaven when some woman says, I'm going to kill you, and he takes off running. What should he have done? Just said, no, you don't. I'm not, no, no. The same God that did this will take care of you, woman. But no, he ran. Jonah, if he had just done what God said to do to start with, he wouldn't have been in the belly of a whale. Now, there's a lot of reasons that I've read that why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. You know, but when he finally got his act together, God confirmed the word. Worked with him. That's the Old Testament. That's just Old Testament. I mean, if you and I could see the exploits that all the people in the New Testament did, I mean, it's just amazing. Listen, it's just the same amazing God today. It's the same awesome God today. God has so many opportunities to work with us. Give him that opportunity. Hallelujah. Let's see how my casserole is doing here. Uh, I, 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 I kind of came through this today, you know, just looking through some things, and, and, I, and I just I found myself writing this down. God can't prove himself faithful if we don't do our part. You know, we, we talk about the faithfulness of God all the time. And he is, thank God, he is faithful. He's faithful to, to deliver us. He's faithful to answer. He's faithful to, to give. He's faithful to protect. He's faithful in so many ways. But he can't prove himself faithful if you won't do your part. How many times have we had, have over the years that, you know, God's put it on our heart to do something, a particular thing, maybe concerning the church? I mean, really, this church is a result of God's faithfulness, but it's also a result of us doing our part. I mean, for us, for, for God to, to do what he wanted to do today in 2017, I mean, we had to listen and do our part back in 1979. It meant that we had to do our part to come home in 1980. 
It meant that we had to do our part to agree to come over here to a Bible study in June of 1980. It meant that we had to agree to move over here in August of, of 1980. It's been, it's been his faithfulness every step of the way over 37 years, but it couldn't have been proven out if we had not done our part. What he wants to accomplish in your life cannot be accomplished. He can't show himself faithful. He can't, he can't display his faithfulness to you if you don't do your part. When he says give to a particular thing, he's not trying to bankrupt you. He's trying to bless you. But if you won't do your part, you'll never see that blessing. When he says, go here, you don't know what that reason is. But understand that that's the part you do, and you'll see God at work in it. No matter what it is, whether it's a job, whether it's a relationship, whether it's children, whether it's finances, whether it's your health, no matter what, when you just do what God says do, his faithfulness will be there, will impact your life, and he will work with you. It's a partnership. You know, I, every time I, you know, go to pray, I, use, I understand on like Monday nights that it's an honor and a privilege for him to count us faithful enough to be partners with him. You know, there's a verse, I think it's in Matthew, it says, uh, take my yoke upon you for my, what is my, what's that, my burden? I get this too kind of confused. Tell me. Take my yoke upon you for my burden. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I went back and looked at that word yoke one time. And when you say the word yoke, you always think of it as, as something like um, punishment, uh, like a, a burden of some kind, um, like you're trapped in something. I've got a yoke on me. Because we, we, you know, the yoke is destroyed, you know, lack of knowledge, that kind of thing. But I, there's another connotation of the word yoke. And, and, it is, and it's that thing that binds us together to work as a team. To work as a team. See, that's what God's looking at is he wants to work as a team. You do your part. It doesn't help for two, two oxen to be in a, in a yoke together when one's going this way and the other one's trying to go that way. See, and that's so many times what we do. Is God's wanting us to go this way, and yet we're just determined we're going to go this way. Or we're just going to dig our heels in the mud, you know, and just go, mm, not going to do it. Listen, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Let's get together and work with him. He's working with us. The Holy Spirit's going to take hold together with us. We need to take hold together with him. So tonight, just, I just want you to be left with the fact that God is here to work with you. You are here to work with him. It is a partnership, but it's a tremendous partnership. Tremendous with outstanding results, outstanding rewards, outstanding blessing. So just remember, no matter what it is you need to do, you've got a partner. He'll work with you. You work with him. 
At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.